that you do what you say you're going to do. And it's live again. It's Will's Take on Sports. I am the host, Will Walker. Thank you for taking the time on this Thursday, December the 19th. Joining me this morning at 7 o'clock. Let's get this going. Almost close to the weekend. Getting ready to have uh, an extended break. Holiday season. Gotta love it. It gives you time off. Whole week and some change. Being off work. What's up, everybody? Thank you for again for being here. If you miss any of this podcast live, you can listen to it on different the different platforms that you can listen to podcasts on via Castbox, AnchorFM.com, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play for Android users. Tune in, Stitcher, so many different places that uh, podcasts can be heard from. Podcast Addict, Radio.com, Radio Public. So many different places. We on all of those platforms. Also, follow this show on Twitter and Instagram at WWS underscore Sports Show. Also, I have a YouTube channel. That if you miss it, if you miss this podcast live, there's so many different places you can hear it. Also, if you're uh, listening to us on Facebook, just go ahead and hit that like button on the Facebook page. We'll take on sports. Podcast 12.9, your word is your bond. This is in uh, talking about what happened on Wednesday. Yesterday was the was college football national signing day, the early signing period. They have two signing periods. Yesterday was the early signing period. Here's what I think about college football recruiting. I know it's essential. It's a... You gotta you gotta go and recruit to get players on your team that you think is gonna be able to help your program get to a championship level or be competitive or however it goes. I'm pretty sure most coaches are in it to win a title, to win a championship. But as far as following recruiting on a daily basis or even a monthly basis, it's just not for me. I just don't care for it. I don't care to follow any 17 to 18-year-old and find out what school they go pick before they sign. It does not matter to me. I really don't even care about national signing and national signing day. All I listen, when the kids get on campus, the teams have their first game. My team, the Miami Hurricanes, have their first game. That's when I'll find out about a freshman. I don't care about what his star rating is or was. That's what I think about college football recruiting. But Looking at yesterday, the same people who doing well in college football all got, quote, unquote, the best players, the best star players. I'm surprised they're winning. You know, only shocker in this entire situation that in the top 10 of the classes, since I'm sitting here looking at the list of the top classes in the country is Texas and them. They may have that great of a season. Nebraska having a great year uh, as far as recruiting. You know, a little shocked with that. They didn't have a great season, but, hey, Scott Frost is doing something right in, in order to get kids to come to his program all the way to Omaha, Nebraska, from, from Florida. I saw a couple of kids from Florida that went out there. I'm not for to rag on any kid that did decide not to go to Miami from Miami. I don't, I'm from Miami, and I don't live in Miami. That's all I'm going to say. Maybe they want to explore different places and not just, you know, be tied down going to the University of Miami. I truly believe it's a kid's prerogative to do that. 
They can do that. They they can go wherever they want to go. I I was following that number one news source yesterday, Twitter, and the reactions to everybody's uh, thoughts about uh, where these kids were going, who was signing where, and those type of things. And some of you, some of you fans are ridiculous. You know, some of y'all are just just utterly ridiculous. And the reason why I chose your word is your bond in regards to the title of this show is all. Oh, Okay, the kid bike off of his commitment. I mean, your word, your word is your word. You you give your verbal commitment to a school, you should stick with it. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I don't. I truly do not agree with that. I don't think any kid should should make a should make a decision should make the decision that he wants to make. If that means he banks off of a, rec- a, a commitment that he gave to one coach at the last minute, so be it. I don't agree with no early no no signing period in August. Let the kids enjoy the season. Let them have the ability to make it go on their visits, take all their visits, do what they need to do, see the school during the season so they can see what they're getting ready to um, – uh, if they choose to go to that school, see what's getting ready to happen when they get on campus. But as far as – matter of fact, I don't even agree with yesterday's signing period. Make them wait to February. What's the, what's the big rush? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to – I mean, yeah, if a kid knows where he's going to go, he – I mean, he makes his decision. He sticks with it, whatever. But give the kids as much time to ascertain as much information as they can about a school or their college choice that they're uh, that they're choosing to attend. I don't agree with um, the 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 sentiment I saw on Twitter with all oh, they flip flopping. They don't keep they don't they don't stay with their commitment and all that stuff. I don't agree with none of that foolishness. I just don't. I think these kids can make any decision that they want to go wherever they want to, and I don't care. Uh, if a kid is from a local area uh, uh, like like Miami, Houston, Dallas, Los Angeles, uh, Atlanta, all these hotbeds for college football, I mean for high school football, and if a kid doesn't choose to stay at a local school or in-state school, that's his prerogative. I don't think there should be no dog on loyalty to that mess. You know, oh no, you don't owe the area anything. You don't owe the fan base anything. The kids need to make the best decision that is for them. If that decision, if that decision came by whatever measure, be it whatever measure. Choose the school that's best for you. That's my thing. Quick, real quick about uh, the Miami Hurricanes. That's the team I follow. <laughs> I saw a lot of things on Twitter yesterday. They called that dude Manny Diaz, the head coach, Menor Diaz. Yeah, that's a little extreme, but it was funny as heck. I mean, it truly was, but it's a little extreme uh, what they said about um, on Mr. Manny Diaz. He missed on some kids, supposedly. Miami was called one of the losing teams, um, so-called losers from recruiting day. Eh, it is what it is. Who cares? Speaking of a team that did win last night uh, that I follow and that I root for, the Miami Heat did win. They got a big road win last night uh, against Philadelphia. Philadelphia better find some jump shooters. They got great size. Joey Embiid is a monster on the inside. With hence why the Heat went to that zone last night. That is how the Heat won the game. They went to a zone, so they wouldn't, so, uh, they wouldn't have – Autobio or my uh, Leonard Myers, Myers Leonard, whatever his name is, down low one on one with Joel Embiid because that's a mismatch. So the Heat went to a zone, forced the Sixers to uh, cut down some of Big Ben's, uh, Big Ben Simmons's uh, penetration, made the uh, Philadelphia 76ers shoot outside jump shots, and they didn't make them. And the Miami Heat was draining their threes. The Miami Heat are a scrappy team, and they're going to be a tough out in the NBA playoffs. They're not a championship contender, but they will be a tough out. They 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 have they have obviously the coaching from the sideline because that was pretty smart on Spoh's part 
and it's been smart on his part in games where they've been outsized. Miami is small um, in regards to where their where their skill is. Um, Bam Adebayo is listed at six nine. I don't think he's six nine. I think he's about six eight. But anyway, um, or six seven. So the the Heat are small, and then they're just, they're loaded with a bunch of perimeter guys: Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, uh, Derek Jones Jr., Kendrick Nunn. Uh, a lot of those guys, they're just they're, they're sprint, they're, their perimeter players are good. They just don't have any quality uh, talent that's big. Um, no James Johnson right now. Uh, who knows what's going on with him? And Kelly Olynyk doesn't doesn't have the foot speed, you know, to to chase around anybody or to guard the perimeter. So what Eric Spoelstra does, he put him in a zone, and you guard a space. That's why I was taught how the zone works. And that's how it worked last night. So big time win for the Miami Heat on the road. Let me get into something else I heard. heard uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. That's one of the things that all a lot of radio shows, period. And this is something I heard in regards to LeBron James. First, before I get into playing this clip, let me say uh, this load management thing. Like I told you, load management to me has been going on in the NBA for a good minute. This is not nothing, no new stuff. This ain't – this is not uh, – Something that Kawhi Leonard started, um, and he didn't start it. I keep telling people, Greg Popovich was doing this uh, with his team because they were making such deep runs into the playoffs, and they were getting older. So what he would do, he would rest guys on certain nights, whether it be a national televised game or not. That's when all this came about. And for uh, Mr. Mr. LeBron James to complain about what's going on with the Clippers – in regards to what Kawhi's doing and not playing back to backs, oh, I don't, I don't play unless I'm hurt. I remember a two week period when he first left the Miami Heat and went to the Cleveland Cavaliers where he was off. I remember times when he was with the Miami Heat. Him and Dwayne Wade took games off during the season, during that four year run. So it's easy to pile on to Kawhi because now it's become what they say an epidemic. I don't agree that it's an epidemic. I just say that, hey, whatever the reason is, the man don't want to play back-to-backs. He wants to take care of his body. He wants to be at his best to help his team win in the playoffs. It worked with Toronto last year. It has worked with the San Antonio Spurs. It could be argued that when the um, KD first got, Kevin Durant first got to the Warriors and they faced the San Antonio Spurs in the Western Conference playoffs, that – had he not gotten hurt, he, Kawhi Leonard, that could have been a more competitive series. But he did. Anyway, I don't have a problem with what Doc Rivers is doing. I thought it was interesting. LeBron made his comment. Doc Rivers gave his retort. He responded. And I didn't think it was that bad of, of a comment. All he said was, Whatever ours is, is I, I don't know what theirs is, and whatever uh, unless whatever LeBron says, some something along those lines. I might not be verbatim, but it was something uh, similar to that, which is correct. Whatever LeBron says, if LeBron doesn't want to play, you think Frank Vogel's gonna make him play, or look, Frank Vogel's gonna, or, or Jason Kidd, or, or any of those guys are gonna be like, oh yeah, yeah, no, because they want to win a champion, they want to win a championship. Also, that is what the Clippers, the Clippers are totally. Red going gunning for the playoffs. This is what Doc 
is gunning for is gunning to win a title in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure they negotiated this already with Kawhi Leonard in regards to what he was going to do in regards to back-to-backs this season. And they play too many doggone back-to-backs anyway in the darn NBA. Play way too many. Just, I mean, I don't know what the rush is. They got all this time. They start the season, I think, a week or two earlier, and then they, they end. I mean, they got time. I don't know if it's to give the guys more more days off or whatever the situation is, but they play a, a, a lot of back-to-backs, I see. So the man says he don't want to do it. And that was the response, and LeBron's entitled to his opinion of what he's going to do, but LeBron needs to, need to retract his memory and remember there were times when he took off and he wasn't hurt. He just needed a break. All right, and, and let me turn to another situation uh, spoken uh, that was um, Kevin Garnett's comment about the Miami Heat and the Celtics rivalry. And particularly, he was asked a question on the Bill Simmons podcast with Adam Sandler was also there in regards to uh, that rivalry between uh, those two teams. Yeah, and the league knew that they had an agenda in which we weren't part of the agenda. You understand? Right. And that's how they end up winning that series. Yeah, I said it. Do you think you pushed Le- Okay. What he's talking about is 2012 Eastern Conference Finals. And the Miami Heat, who had home court advantage, lost game five in Miami. And the Celtics gave him and the Miami Heat, I don't think it was solely directed at LeBron James, um, but they gave the Miami Heat business. Because, see, the Miami Heat came about, the big three of the Miami Heat was uh, a reaction to the big three of the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics um, had a big three, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, KG. And Miami, uh, Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, uh, the previous year, uh, well, two years ago, two two years prior, um, in 2010, decided to get. Oh, they they uh they came together in the summer 2010 after being bounced out of the playoffs. Both my uh the Miami Heat with Dwayne Wade and the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron James. So those two guys said, "Shoot, they got three. We need to team up and get another guy." And they got Chris Bosh. That's how it went. They all came together, and it was solely in reaction to what the Boston Celtics had up there. Okay, so the Heat beat them in 2011 after Dwayne Wade attempted or whatever the situation is between Wade and Rondo. Who cares? Miami won. Next year, Boston has a chance to go to the to the NBA Finals. They got the game on their home floor. LeBron goes absolutely crazy and scores like, I think, 46 points or something along those lines. But Kevin Garnett is saying that the NBA had an agenda. They didn't want to see the Boston Celtics win. They wanted to make sure they push LeBron James. I don't agree with that, Kevin. I disagree. Even Although I am a Miami Heat fan, so my comments may be just a tad bit biased. But I don't agree with that, Kevin. I think that Miami Heat beat you. I think uh, you guys could not stop him because, if I remember correctly, Chris Bosh was just coming back um, from uh, some uh, ailment that he had, and it was just LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I think LeBron Wade didn't even have 20 points that game with LeBron. He was just all over the place, rebounding. He was doing everything, everything that game. They had no answer for him. I don't think the NBA had an agenda uh, to why the Celtics lost. I don't think that – I want to make sure I think I understand what he's saying. And I don't think that he's saying that the NBA made sure that the Miami Heat win. I think if he's saying that the Miami Heat, that uh, the NBA had an agenda to boost the Miami Heat, then he's doggone right. Heck yeah. They they want that. I mean, they want their best player to be showcased in the NBA Finals. 
I mean, we've seen it. I've seen it so many times uh, in the NBA. I think back to when Charles Barkley won the MVP. The NBA desperately wanted him in the finals against Michael Jordan. I remember Game Seven versus the Seattle Seahawks, Seattle uh, SuperSonics or Sonics, uh, when they had a young Gary Payton, a young Sean Kemp, Dudley Shrimp, uh, uh, what was the kid, Hersey Hawkins, uh, Hersey Hawkins, um, Sam Perkins. They had, I mean, they had a squad. They had co- coached by George Carl, but the NBA, the NBA wanted to make sure. They wanted to make sure that Charles Barkley got to the NBA Finals. I mean, the foul calls in that game seven was stupid. So I think the NBA did have an agenda and definitely wanting to boost up. Uh, they want to boost their stars and to be at, in their biggest showcase game. So if that's what Kevin is talking about, then, Kevin, you are exactly right, my friend. All right, let me take a swig. And then we're going to get right into um, – my picks for this week. You guys got, I mean, it's going to be crazy. I mean, I'm looking at the picks right now. Hey, I just saw something before I get into that. I just saw something really interesting. The flopper on the four letter network had me cracking up laughing. It's really funny. <laughs> Sometimes the four letter comes up with things that are really interesting. All right, let me take a. Quick squig of coffee. Enjoy this noise for half a second, and uh, I'll be returned in about 20 seconds. See you haven't That is that song is strictly because there will be the N, the F, and the L on Saturday this week. Big time matchup. Gonna start right out the box with the Buffalo Bills going up against the New England Patriots. This should be uh, probably, this is definitely the best matchup of all the games uh, slated to be on Saturday. Uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, hasn't they haven't won in Boston since 2014 uh, and also in three of the last four games in these December meetings in Boston between the Patriots and the Bills uh, the Bills have lost by double digit points Buffalo's coming off a very impressive win last week uh, New England was able to beat Cincinnati who cares um, this Buffalo team man is 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 a team that is hard to figure at times um, offensively. Uh, I know who they are defensively. Offensively, they are hard to figure. You know, Josh Allen is – I, I said this enough. He, he's okay. He, he's not a superstar quarterback, but he, he's okay. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what Tom Brady is able to muster in regards to uh, any offense for the Patriots because Tom Brady has been – not very sharp this season um, by Tom Brady's standards, but, hey, the man is uh, almost in his mid-40s. This is a tough game. I think the trend is going to stay the way it is. I think the, uh, the New England Patriots are going to be able to squeak by uh, the Buffalo Bills. If you're going to be looking for a high-scoring game, I don't think you're going to see it here. These are two very good defenses, but I think the New England Patriots will be able to squeak by and get the win. 
seems like 13 10. I don't think I don't think it's gonna be that great. All right, gonna move on to a game that means a lot to one team and the other team is just playing a playing what's on the schedule. That's the Houston Texans going against the Tampa Bucks. Um you know these teams have only played four times? Four times. That's crazy. This is this will be the fifth meeting. So and Tampa's only won once. But that game was in Tampa and it was in the month of December. But that was back in 2003. Uh, we know what Tem- I know what Tampa is. Tampa's got Jameis Winston at quarterback. I said this. Jameis Winston is inconsistent, having a solid season throwing touchdowns, and then having a failure of a season throwing interceptions. That is what he is. Uh, Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson. The Houston Texans don't have a defense. Um, this is a Tampa team that went out to Seattle and won. I mean, they play to the level of their competition if you want to look at it that way. And with the, that being said, Houston, I don't think they're going to be able to beat Tampa. I think Tampa is able to get their second win uh, in this little short series that these two teams have had. So I'm going to go with Tampa at home. All right, the third and the final game that will be played on Saturday is a big-time game for the NFC West. It's going to be the L.A. Rams at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, we know the Rams got buried by the nation's team. The most overhyped team, the Dallas Cowboys, and San Fran lost to the Falcons. An unexplicable loss, but they are there. They have a lot of injuries on that team. This is a tough, uh, and this is coming. This is a bit. This will be a short week for the 49ers, but they are supposedly maybe getting Richard Sherman back, so that may uh, get them a little bit more. But they also D Ford has been out. Also, the Niners have have been really just a surprise team this season. Nobody expected this. I mean, they did have a number two overall pick last year. But the Niners are one of four teams in the NFC with an 11-3 record. I think they'll make it 12-3 this week. Um, the Rams just have not been the same this season. They do not look like the team uh, that went to the Super Bowl last year. And I think a lot of that has to do with Jared Goff. Um, has to do with Todd Gurley. Uh, their offensive line. And their defense, even with Jalen Ramsey, they got Jalen Ramsey on defense, Clay Matthews, um, Aaron Donald, uh, Fowler. They got a lot of guys that got names on that defense, and they're not—they're just not performing real well. As far um, I'm talking about the Rams, so I think the 49ers will be able to uh, go ahead and get the win to close out the Saturday games. All right, moving on to Sunday. We got New Orleans and Mr. Drew Brees at Tennessee. Let me say this about Drew Brees. Drew Brees, congratulations to him. Um, I remember when he came in for the Miami Dolphins uh, when he was a free agent, and it was between him and, uh, and Dante Culpepper. And he, I mean, the Miami Dolphins decided to go with Dante Culpepper because of uh, Drew, Brees's, Drew Brees' possible shoulder uh, uh, problem. Uh, he did. He was coming off a shoulder uh, uh, in surgery or something like that. So the, the Dolphins went with Dante Culpepper. Unlike most Dolphin fans, I really didn't see that. I didn't, you know, I don't blame the Dolphins for making the decision that they made at that time. Of course, if anybody would have known that Drew Brees would have turned into the NFL's all-time leading passer, of course the Dolphins should have made that um, should have made that choice. But Drew Brees isn't the strongest arm guy. He he throws basically off timing. Um, and he is accurate, but Dante Culpepper was a big guy with a strong arm and had great and had somewhat at that time great mobility. But 
Maybe his numbers were inflated by Randy Moss. But anyway, I digress. Gonna move on. This is about the New Orleans Saints um, at Tennessee. So we got a future Hall of Famer, all-time great passer, going up against a guy who's trying to resurrect, who has resurrected um, his status as a quarterback for a seven-game sample. And I'm talking about Ryan Tannehill. Tennessee barely lost that game last week at uh, versus Houston at home. They got another chance this week on Sunday at home versus New Orleans. New Orleans is going to make that eight-hour trip up I-59 North to Nashville. And this will be their first trip up that way since 2011. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that the Saints will go ahead and win. I just think that they're a better team than Tennessee. I really don't have anything bad to say about Tennessee, but I just think that the Saints are the better team. All right, let me look up this last game. (laughs) Um, I forgot which one I was going to do for the last one. Um, oh yeah, I know why I forgot because I, because this is the trash bowl. Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles will be competing for the NFC East crown. If the Dallas Cowboys win, they are the NFC East champions. If the Philadelphia Eagles win, is now um, this uh, season will be split between the two teams. Both teams winning on their. Uh, if the Eagles win, both teams winning on their home field. The Eagles will not clinch. If they win, they would have to win this week and next week. The Eagles don't have any wide receivers. The Dallas Cowboys are inconsistent. Yeah, I know they beat the Rams, but the Rams are in the same boat the Cowboys are in. It's all the Eagles. So this is one of them games to where, I don't know, like I said, it's the best of the trash. That's that's really what it is. So, and I don't care how good, you know, how small the, the sample of the trash is or whatever, it's still trash. I don't know who to pick here. To be honest with you, should I go with the home team, Philadelphia? But they lost to the Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins, I saw a stat. The Dolphins got 35 undrafted players on their roster. That's crazy. But anyway, uh, Philadelphia lost to the Miami Dolphins. The Dallas Cowboys lost to the New York Jets. I can't go in depth in deep analysis on this mess because I don't know even I don't know who the heck to pick. But I'm going to make a pick for entertainment purposes only, and I'm going to tell you that I think that, despite my bet, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. I just don't think the Eagles have enough um, on the outside to really threaten the Cowboys, and Carson Wentz just can't. He can't do it by himself. So basically, him and Zach Ertz. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys to win and clinch and win the NFC East and host a playoff game. All right, before I get out of here, let me just uh, go ahead and congratulate two guys that's in my fantasy that's in the uh, Will's Take on Sports Fantasy Football League. Mr. Uh, Zach Florinoid and Mr. Derek Wilson are playing for the championship. I lost last week to Derek by four fantasy points. It is what it is, and that is my fault because I left Mark Jackson. I mean, I'm sorry, Lamar Jackson on the bench. I deserve to lose. You do that, you deserve to lose. So, um, yeah. Put out of my misery. Fantasy football season is over. As this show is, thank you guys so much um, that listen to this show live. I really appreciate it. Thank you for all the nice comments that I received um, in my email. Also, uh, Facebook uh, in the messenger thing. Listen, let me say this. If, if you can, please leave it in the comment section or or I don't care about the emails and stuff like that. Um, I'm not a big social media person as much as I used to be. Um, I don't 
go on social media quite that often. You know, maybe every now and then I'm on social media or I post anything. Mostly everything I post on social media is about this show. And even then, I kind of backed off because there's a thing on this, uh, on my app uh, when I do a live show or if I'm, you know, uh, doing a, uh, just post it on one of the uh, many hosting sites that I have is where they share it automatically. So I don't have to go on social media. You know, just... I think I've outgrown it. I've gotten older. Anyway, uh, again, like I said earlier, while I'm speaking about social media on Twitter and Instagram, you can follow me at WWS underscore sports show. And also, like I said earlier, on the Facebook page, like in uh, like the show's page. If you um, see this uh, show on any podcasting uh, part where you can listen to podcasts, uh, any of those platforms, hit the like and subscribe button. And you can leave me a comment. I appreciate the emails, though. Some of them are a little long-winded. Can we just make them a little shorter? I got ADD. I don't, I don't like reading that long. Anyway, I close this podcast the same way every time. Say a prayer for somebody because prayer changes things. I'll holler. Be safe. Enjoy your weekend. We will holler at you on Sunday this week. Prepaid wireless, like holiday gifts, should never be just okay. Like getting monogrammed towels with the wrong initials. AT&T Prepaid is making gift-giving more than just okay. Hurry into Walmart for a great AT&T Prepaid phone at a great price. Right now, get 25 gigabytes of high-speed data for $40 per month with auto pay on America's best network with no annual contract or credit check. Only available at Walmart. Requires purchase of AT&T Prepaid phone at Walmart and activation of new line of service on $50 per month plan with auto pay at sign-up. Best claim based on 2019 GWS1 score. Available at Walmart in-store and Walmart.com only. Excuse me, Captain. This is your wake-up call from the new TrackPhone Wireless. Uh, what's that now? What if you had to fly this plane while sitting back in the cabin? Uh, I wouldn't have any control. Well, that's what it's like going with some wireless companies. But TrackPhone Wireless gives you control. Hmm. Get unlimited talk and text on America's best 4G LTE network starting at $20 a month, no contract. Plus, unlimited carryover data with active service. That's cool, but how'd you get in my cockpit? This is your wake-up call, people. The new TrackPhone Wireless. Now you're in control. See terms and conditions at trackphone.com.